Hi, Bugger. Thanks for joining today. The, um, the restive regions have obviously been declared as independent states by Putin himself to justify strengthening what is already a very pro-Russian rebel act. It's been reported in the West, of course, that this is an invasion, giving the impression that they've waltzed into Kiev with, with hundreds of thousands of troops. Can you just throw a bit of sanity into what's occurring, please? Because the Western media clearly isn't presenting that to me. Certainly, Paul. Uh, first and foremost, Paul, we need to discern what exactly is an invasion and what exactly uh, is Russia doing. Uh, I would say Russia is playing according to their uh, their set pattern. They've used this playbook, as we have said it from the day one of the entire controversy started in our uh, daily briefs. And according to the playbook, they basically support and pump money and arms into restive secessionist regions, which are fighting the nationalist uh, forces in Ukraine. In this case, it is Luhansk and Donetsk. And using using that as an excuse, uh, they basically uh, declare these uh, controversial regions as independent, legitimizing, moving in peacekeeping force, which are regular uh, Russian military. Now, some analysts may actually question that, saying since 2014, since their popular re revolution by kicking out pro-Russian president and bringing in pro-Western president, uh, there has been fighting going on in this region. And what's new? The, the controversially, Russian forces have been involved in this region covertly. So what's new is that Russia is moving to legitimize their actions. And this is very much according to their playbook, what they used in Georgia, in South Ossetia region, and in Crimea. Only difference is that they were less upfront in Crimea using the so-called little green men without arm patches to pressure in a referendum in favor of, uh, in favor of Russia. Of course, the West did not acknowledge Crimea joining Russia, but in this case, Putin has been quite uh, quite upfront and he has used a hard hand in going in for a unilateral declaration of independence of these two uh, restive uh, republics, Republic of Donetsk and Republic of Luhansk. Of course, Ukraine and the West call it an invasion, primarily because uh, Ukraine considers Luhansk and Donetsk as their integral as integral part of the sovereign territory. Uh, but Russians, on the other hand, including pro-Russian uh, ethnic groups in this region, they, they call themselves independent or they favor joining Mother Russia uh, since the Soviet times. So that's where the crux is, Paul. And what about the UN's view on what are the boundaries of the Ukraine? And where does what is Ukraine's likely response to this? Is it to let them go? Or is it to go and fight? Is it to escalate the fighting there? Where do you see this going? Now, obviously, you know, since we've been covering this Ukraine-Russia situation, we've been stating there's not going to be an invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, we've been assuming people understand the historical context there of that of those restive regions. But where do you think it's going to go in terms of uh, the UN's thoughts on this? Um, Western pundits are going to continue to call this an invasion. And, and, and you can see their perspective on that because their perspective will not um, take into consideration um, Russian sovereignty over those, Russians' ability to call them independent and then come in. Where do you think it's heading from here? And do you see a further invasion into the rest of the Ukraine 
being on the table. But well, UN uh, on its part has not recognized any separatist region as independent and it is unlikely to recognize it either. And UN uh, observes that the sovereign territory of Ukraine needs to be uh, needs to be uh, respected, and and that so is the case with many UN uh, member nations. Even uh, countries which may be far removed from the re region, like Kenya, have have sounded out that territorial integrity is uh, is of paramount importance, especially for countries which are next to some of the giants like Russia. Now. As far as where it is going, uh, we are we are already uh, we have already seen signs of escalating military operations along the borders, and uh, Russia is claiming that there are casualties on Ukrainian side when they try to when they try to breach the the borders along Donetsk and Luhansk. Uh, though the entire region is not entirely uh, in the hands of the separatists, the Ukrainian military still has presence in the region. So. Specifically in that region, I see escalation of tensions, escalation of military operations on both sides, and whether more more parts of Ukraine can be claimed by Russia using uh, Russian ethnic groups in in the region, we cannot rule that out because uh, it depends on how concentrated are the are the ethnic Russians in these specific regions. For example, in Luhansk and Donetsk. Majority majority of the ethnic groups on the ground are Russian. Uh, they were basically byproducts of the the Soviet era. Now, the same can't be said about Odessa, for example, in the in the south and southeastern regions. So, uh, th there is no foothold for Russia to move into these regions where there is no uh, substantial presence of pro-Russian or Russian ethnic groups. So, so I do not see it escalating beyond that threshold, but we can't really rule out expansion of Russian interests in the region. This is basically a way to put pressure on the on the government in Ukraine to, to dance to Putin's tunes. Um, putting another spin on it, obviously uh, Macron's, Putin gave him the, the respect he deserved in terms of the power he represents, which is very little. Um, so we're in a very awkward position now that the West has been talking a good game, but it doesn't it seems to have forgotten to bring its pace bowlers. Um, it's kind of slapping around some pretty sloppy soft pillows. Um, you know, we were saying right along that China and Russia, that's what they want to see. Is there any combined will? Is there anything left in the Western's bag other than rhetoric? Um, what, what would you say about that? Well, I would say Western shallow rhetorics have been exposed. Their diplomatic efforts have failed to a greater extent. And Macro, uh, as well as some of the other uh, uh, foreign ministers of Western countries, have not been able to contain Russia's uh, exhilarated uh, move towards Luhansk and Donetsk. And on the West, uh, in fact, uh, on part of the West, they have not really come out with a comprehensive statement till uh, yet. I mean, they, they are still saying there will be dire consequences for such a move, and th they do not really seem to have an uh, seem to have an answer to Putin and his master plan. Because legally speaking, if they if they declare these two regions as independent republics, and these republics though 
unrecognized give open check or blank check to Putin to come in and protect this republic. They, they can't really say that this is invasion. This is separatist action and, and Russian peacekeepers are there to, to ensure there there is no there's no further escalation of bloodshed. So the West is kind of tied up in their own knots. And that, that's exactly where their empty rhetoric and warmongering ha, has been exposed by Putin and his master strategy. Yeah, and there's been a lot of kerfluffling with no substance. I mean, they're talking about it's going to be more sanctions like whoopie doopie the, the only thing they really care about is actually those pipelines ultimately pumping uh, oil and, and through to germany um sanctions are kind of insignificant compared to that the west seems to have kept blowing up its own balloon until it it's on the verge of popping if it hasn't already popped after um, the afghanistan debacle um but perhaps there should be a lesson for the West here to heed, and that is you can't control the world. Um, your values and your desires are yours. They're precisely that, they're yours. Um, they seem to be hell-bent on pushing their values and stretching their economic and military capabilities to a point where they're just way outside of their own backyard. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting uh, one to look at because any sanctions that the West imposes are going to be countered by actions uh, by China, which we see are getting more and more emboldened to strike back. And people are forgetting that on a purchasing parity basis, China is already the biggest economy by a long shot. And on a straight GDP value, it's not that far away either, but nobody seems to be readjusting. Seems particularly that the Americans and, and their, their statesmen allies uh, are, are incapable of perhaps reassessing relative financial purchasing power on the superpowers and also how indebted America has been by overextending itself. So I think there's a lot of things for us to monitor here. I'm looking forward to reading your assessments for the for the next couple of weeks on on all of EMEA, of course, but also especially on, on the Ukraine. Any final points to close off, Bargo? Certainly, Paul, I must agree with you uh, on the whole, and we must reflect on what happened with the sanctions back in 2008 when they waltzed into Georgia, basically to protect South Ossetia from the Tbilisi government, and what happened in uh, in 2014 as well as in Crimea. What did the economic sanctions yield? They, They were shallow and they were empty, and Putin continued to be Putin even after that, and we have seen the result now in eastern Ukraine. So with that, I, w- I will uh, just underline that the West uh, seems to be out of its depth with lack of leadership, both from the US as well as in Europe. And, and I'd also say a lack of unity. Um, it, there's just too many people wanting to have meetings, but there's too many eloquent spokesmen in them without a real understanding of all the things they're stating and what impact they will or won't have. And I'm referring to overuse of sanctions and blah, blah associated with imposing stronger sanctions and using colourful words like there will be a very strong response, but there's actually been no response. Um, Of course, then you've got the UN, which is infamously famous at doing everything way too late. So, yeah, again, a lesson in this that um, if you're continuing to base all your risk assessments globally on the mystical belief that the West and America 
have a superior uh, are a superior power and have superior coverage, then you perhaps need to reblend your risk team with some outside thinking. All right, Bugger, thanks a lot. Really appreciate your time on an ad hoc call like this. Cheers. Thanks, Paul.